Chumpa's John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, Payne and Pendergast live at spring training. Thanks to Chumpa's John Deere. We are headed to the, uh, headed to the, the ballpark in Jupiter today, and we're looking forward to that. Little Astros Cardinals action up there. Uh, but there's stuff going on over the Astros facility this morning, including a one-on-one interview between our Adam Spillane and Dana Brown. That'll be available, I would imagine, in cuts and maybe in full later on today here on the air. But certainly um, we, uh, we will be uh, discussing it here right now with Adam Spillane. He's joining us. He's live over at the, the ballpark. Spo, uh, how, uh, how was the conversation with Dana Brown this morning? It was good, Sean. We spent, we really covered a lot of ground. Uh, he's uh, one of the things that I think that he said when he took the job. He wants to be pretty forthcoming with a lot of things. And so uh, we talked about extensions. We talked about some of the guys that are injured, both on the major league side and on the minor league side, um, with uh, the Astros' first round pick, Drew Gilbert, who's dealing with a hamstring issue. Uh, he told me he, he's still learning the names. He's got a he's got a little cheat sheet for learning the names. He's got a little. Uh, thing with all the headshots in his desk, and when he when he learns a name, he just checks it off the list. So uh, remember, he he took the job five weeks ago, so uh, he's still he's still trying to figure everything out. But uh, it, it was a really it was a wide ranging conversation. We talked about some of the rules changes too. He he's in favor of the pitch clock. I think that he likes what he's seen with it so far, um, with just the speed of the game, and I think that he thinks that will be good for the sport. Okay, so let's dig into some of the the medical stuff because I think that's those are the big questions. That, that people have. Uh, Adam Spillane joining us. Just got done interviewing uh, oh, Dana Brown in a one-on-one. Jordan Alvarez, who he talked about quite a bit earlier this week, and Michael Brantley, those are the big two right now. What was the update on both of those guys from the Astros GM? So Dana Brown said that Alvarez is pain-free, but he has not started swinging the bat. But the fact that he's pain-free, obviously, uh, is important in that conversation. Uh, I don't know. He did not lay out any sort of a timetable for, for when he would start swinging the bat. But remember, uh, he did say uh, in that ESPN broadcast on Tuesday that he was confident Alvarez uh, would be ready for opening day. And the fact that he's pain-free today uh, makes it seem like there's a really good, that he will be ready for opening day. With, uh, with Michael Bo- Go ahead, John. Uh, oh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I forgot about Brantley. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with Brantley, again, didn't really lay out any sort of a timetable for, for when he will start playing in games, but he did seem confident, or he said that it would come down to the wire, whether or not Brantley would be ready for opening day. But if he's not ready for opening day, he really wouldn't have to miss much time at all. I guess with Jordan, you know, is there a, how, much, how much time is realistic between when he could start swinging a bat and then be – his normal self uh, out there in, in an actual major league game. You know, you probably want between, you probably want at least 30 at bat, I think to really feel good and to really feel like, you know, that you're in some sort of a rhythm. This was the conversation you remember that, that we kept having uh, when they had that little pro, uh, that little uh, summer camp in 2020, when, when they had the three week little uh, spring training at Minute Maid Park. Uh, it, it, that wasn't a ton of time. Uh, so I think that you're wanting something right around there. Uh, otherwise, you probably won't feel like you're in a complete rhythm, but uh, I do think that it wouldn't take him real long to get in a rhythm uh, once the regular season does start. Yeah, I forgot about the mini spring training. You're right. A lot of those lessons that they learned during that probably can uh, apply to a lot of the injury stuff. Um, what about uh, with you had the, we played your conversation with Alex Bregman uh, this morning. 
think Alex Bregman, you know, is at the opposite end of the spectrum from Jordan Alvarez. Is he is uh is it is it fair to assume that he's probably gonna just continue what he was doing last year, given the fact that he's had a healthy offseason for the first time? Yeah, I think he's yeah, I think Bregman is really confident about just the way he feels. I know he hasn't played in a game yet. Uh, he'll he'll play uh, in the game tomorrow uh, against the Braves. But yeah, I think Bregman is in a really good place physically. Uh, you know, he had the finger thing that you know took a little bit of time uh, to rehab, but for the most part, I think that I don't think it impacted his offseason a whole lot. So he was just able to to work on his game and to work on his swing and to work on you know some of the defensive stuff. So I think he's in a great spot, and it's a big year for him just because he's got two years left on the contract. And I think that uh, the the extension and stuff and that was something that I did cover. Uh, with Dana Brown just asking because they did the Javier extension already. That one's been done. And Dana Brown said that they're still working. They're trying to get more extensions done with some of these other guys. He mentioned by name, Altuve, Bregman, Kyle Tucker, Framber Valdez. Um, so they're, they're trying to get, to get those done. It's just a matter of will they. And then I did ask because, you know, the Javier extension, that was five years, but essentially that's a four-year extension because he was already going to be under contract for this season. So I said, or you think that, that Jim Crane will be willing to go the eight to 10 years to try and lock these up. And he said that that's a conversation that they're going to have. But Brown did say that he's not real comfortable, that he himself isn't comfortable with going to 10 years. So I thought that was interesting as well. So, um, you know, it's going to take a lot, especially with the position players to get them locked up. So it'll be really interesting to see just moving forward. If the Astros do go that route, especially, you know, Bregman will be 30 when he hits the market. Uh, so he's going to walk a long deal. I mean, Kyle Tucker will, will be younger than that uh, when it's his time. So I'm really interested to just see how that plays out. Adam Spillane joining us live from West Palm Beach. Uh, just got done talking to Dana Brown. Uh, Adam, you said something interesting about a topic you hit with Dana Brown about the rules changes, and you said he that he's kind of excited for these rules changes. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? Well, he's excited about the pitch clock because he, you know, he, he's been at these spring training games and he does like the pace that the games are being played at. And I think that he believes that will be good for the game. Because uh, we saw you know, even a couple of days, even yesterday's game, there were, or not yesterday's game, but the game against the Mets, there were a bunch of runs. Uh, there were a lot of walks, and yet that game was still played. Well, I think it was barely over three hours. Uh, so that's a big change from what we've seen in the past. In the past, that would have been a four-hour game. Uh, I did ask about the shift and how he thought that would impact his players. And he said that they still don't know. They're, they're hopeful that it won't impact things, you know, on the negative side. And, but they still, you know, they need a little bit more time, a little bit more information. But he did say that the rules changes that we are seeing in baseball, these are the most drastic that he's seen just in one, you know, in one offseason in his entire time in the school. Adam Spillane joining us live from West Palm Beach. Spo, get back here and pick us up so we can go watch some more baseball today, bud. I'll be there for well, maybe 30 minutes. I'll be there. Okay, well, we'll still be doing radio, so it's good. All right, cool, man. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the update. Good get on Dana Brown. Thanks. All right, guys. You know, um, All right, see you, Spo. The one thing, uh, and we'll talk to him about this a little bit more later, his phone's connection is starting to go out there. Um, there is there's some evidence that taking longer between pitches will increase your velocity a little bit. It's like there's one study that showed like 0.02 miles per hour on average if you take longer than 20 seconds. But I do think that with a guy like Presley, 
who is, you know, not, you know, or all this Chapman or anything, but he's a reliever. He's going to come in and throw as hard as he can for one inning. Um, exactly. If, if it might affect those guys, yeah. the closers specifically, more so than everybody else. And Presley didn't look all that hot yesterday. No. So um, that's a guy to keep an eye on. You yeah. know, Luis Garcia, we were worried about the windup. It looks like he's A-OK with the new windup. And maybe we're basing it too much off of just seven seven batters that he faced. But there's not he hasn't shown any reason to be concerned yet. With Presley not looking all that great yesterday, maybe it's going to take him a little longer to adjust to it. Yeah, he was giving up some hard contact yesterday for yeah. sure. Um, okay, a little bit of news around the combine. Uh, Jalen Carter, Georgia defensive tackle, who was um, issued a couple arrest warrants yesterday in Georgia. He had to fly back to Georgia to turn himself into police for reckless driving and racing charges. Um, he's back at the Combine in Indianapolis today. That's stressful. He is back in – it's a lot of travel. So he had to fly back to, to turn himself in. To turn, yeah, that, I hope he got a direct flight. Dude, that's – nothing I hate more than turning myself in after a connecting flight. What Ugh. was that? Yeah, yeah. Ugh. Well, <laughs> which, which of the times you had to turn yourself in was the most stressful for you? Oh, I had to take a puddle jumper from, from Utica to, to Syracuse. Um, no, uh, I think, but then the, the combine is stressful just in terms of all the interviews you have. Obviously, you're being scrutinized the entire time. Yeah. It's exhausting. Yeah. Matt Titeo got a lot of crap for admitting that it was exhausting. But for him, it had to be. It is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, well, and now, <laughs> Jalen, you know what Mante Teo didn't have to do? He didn't have to like go to a court proceeding regarding his fake dead girlfriend and then fly back no, and no. then get grilled by everybody about his fake dead girlfriend. Whereas Jalen Carter is now going to, he flew, turned himself in, which yeah. has got to be kind of stressful. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, I know he wasn't actually getting incarcerated or anything. Now he's going to come back. Now he's going to have to get interrogated by, obviously, the horrendous situation and potentially any fake girlfriends that he might have. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, um, in the Manti Teo situation, nobody died. Yeah. We thought somebody did, his right. girlfriend, it but turns, it, turned it turns out. out the issue was that nobody died. Yeah, yeah, nobody like, uh, died. Are, are you going to stand up there no. and explain to us why your girlfriend isn't dead? girlfriend was still alive and wasn't actually his girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so Jalen Carter, he's back in Indianapolis to finish his interviews get measured, and other activities per a source. I wonder if he might, Hopefully just, not drag he might bow out of the workout now. Uh, yeah, he was supposed to work out. Yeah, he so was supposed he to might. Work out. I wonder if he bows out. Will Anderson, he will work out. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, uh, so that, that's something for Texan fans to watch. I don't think the Texans are going to take Will Anderson. Yeah. But he impacts the top of the draft because yeah. of all the movement we expect could happen yeah, at the yeah. top of the draft. That's, uh, you know, and last year, the other, I guess the one thing we're waiting to see, too, is exactly what happens with the 40 times and everything. Last year was kind of freakish. There were a lot of freakazoid 40 times that I know people were skeptical about at the time. Like, there might be something a little off with the clock or something somehow because a lot of it just didn't make sense. There's other stuff that you can't fake, like... Uh, uh, Jordan, what's his name from Georgia? Jordan Davis. Jordan Davis, like had a he had a ridiculously long broad jump, and that's like that. That's hard to. No, they, yeah, <laughs> that's not like jump. the timer or anything screwing right, you up. A, a, a ruler's a ruler, unless somebody yeah. had the old janky measuring stick. Yeah, you know, yeah. a couple of inches, maybe missing or something. Maybe, maybe. So I think that um, uh, Jalen Carter is, does this affect? Uh, boy. It's between now and the draft. There's going to be so much digging into exactly what the situation was 
um, like how reckless he was behaving and acting versus the other people that were Dude. driving. Uh, and uh, like, uh, but I, I think there's a chance he still goes in the top five. I think there is too. Yeah, yeah no, there's a chance for sure. Yeah. Like if you're asking me today, like if I had to, if the draft were tomorrow, yeah. and I had the first pick in the draft, I wouldn't take him based yeah. on what we have right now. You just now. don't know enough. You just, I don't know. I enough would wait yet. if he slipped into the second round. I'd take him in a heartbeat. Probably. Even, yeah. Like without knowing anything, because without... because he's not a team employee. He's yeah. just, I'm just drafting him, yeah. and we'll find out what happens. But man, the value if it works out. Um, uh, that he's second round picks more don't work out all the time. Yeah, yeah. And if that one doesn't work out because you you misfired and yeah. and he was actually driving drunk or or was heavily involved in this. But drafting him, like people said this with Lyle Collins back with the Cowboys when he had yeah. that issue right before the draft. Like drafting him doesn't say anything other than you have the right to sign him up as an employee at some point. Right. But he's not. You're not bringing him into the organization until you actually sign. And him. And the Lyle Collins thing for people that don't remember, this is six seven years ago. Lyle Collins is on his second team now. He's he's had a nice career, but he was the offensive lineman out of LSU that was supposed to be a first round pick. His girlfriend got murdered, and he was merely being questioned about it. He's I don't a think, person of interest. Yeah, think, yeah, yeah, and and so he. Uh, so he was, and, and the timing couldn't have been worse. It happened like literally the week of the draft, and there was no resolution to it. So teams just said, we're not drafting you. I remember it got to like day three, because I was doing the draft for the Texans on day three on the radio. And my take was, man, if this gets to like the fifth round, the Texans should take him. The yeah. Texans have fifth rounders that get cut in training camp every year. I thought they should have taken him in the second round. Yeah. I really, based on that, like, he's not an employee. Right. There's nothing like, if it turns out that he was totally guilty and he did it, we'll cut him. he's not an employee of yours. Yeah, like, yeah. all right, we, we'll never sign him. Yeah. You don't, no, you don't have to cut him. You just drafted him. He hasn't signed the contract yet. Yeah, yeah. Like, like he's not – all he is is a – all you do when drafting Right, you know player, what I mean, though. You just have be a, punt right. on him. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so – Anyway, with uh, with Jalen Carter, uh, he claims there's a lot more to the story. I don't know. It's always hard to it's always hard mm-hmm. to envision like the extra elements uh, yeah. until all of a sudden they come out and you think, oh, how can I not think of that? Yeah, because uh, when you you're, you believe the first stuff that's presented can to I you, just, and you got to be careful. Can I just tell you the second most disturbing thing yeah. about Jalen Carter and all this, other than the you know we don't know what his involvement was in yeah. in this actual tragedy. Um, his statement that he put out yesterday, all caps. Uh, <laughs> yeah. no, I'm being serious. Like I, I wouldn't draft him based on using I'm all caps in a statement. I'm surprised that he did that given that Drew Rosenhaus is his agent. Like It's not like Kyler Murray's agent's kind of a... Eric Burkhart? He's kind of a whack job. <laughs> Whereas uh, Rosenhaus is a whack job, but like in a, you know, like a, say. In a good agent way. You know? well, yeah, like he's been he, doing it a it long seems time. Like, yeah. I, and he's probably... Jalen Carter is probably in a better position having Drew Rosenhaus... Um, well, Drew Rosenhaus has handled stuff like that. He, he's you know, handled a few Warren, S- Warren Sapp. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably one of his most famous or infamous ones, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, yeah all caps. I'll be honest. If Bryce Young put out a statement about his foundation and it was yeah. in all caps, wouldn't draft Bryce Young. But yeah, as far as uh, like, as I far feel as that strongly about all caps. As far as making any snap judgments right now, I just always like always remember how convinced everybody was that the Duke lacrosse kids uh, just had had committed the worst crime that ever was, and uh, Nancy Grace uh, was besides herself with rage, yeah, and no, they were completely innocent. Of course. Yeah, like, of course. T- but you wouldn't have given the information you were presented 
You would have thought like, oh, of course he, of course they all did it. Wow, these little scumbags. And then you find out the other side if of the I story. If I had to hire one of those kids the yeah. day after that story came out, I would have held off on hiring those kids. I would have drafted them and not signed them. <laughs> well, you I would have said, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean Tell about me the got drafting a and the cutting. This kid's got a 4.0. What am I going to do? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yep. Um, but I, I wouldn't. I, I, I definitely wouldn't use your initial question was, would you use a top five pick on him? And my answer to today, right now, is no, I wouldn't. No, no, but, no. But I'm open, yeah, to, I'm open to more information. But it just changes the risk, the risk scale. Absolutely. Jalen Carter. No, the, I mean the Ravens would. The um, Ravens. Uh, how far the Bengals one hundred percent would. Uh, yeah. The Bengals four thousand percent would. Well, good yeah. teams can afford to fail with un- late first round picks. Well, no, the Bengals did it way before they were good, though. Too, they've always taken guys that had the. You think they take him with a top five pick? The uh, Bengals? No, 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 no. Back they take the him in the first round. In the first round. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's what I'm saying. The Bengals now, their pick is 29th or whatever yeah. it is now. But, but they, no, but they have always been the first. Yeah. Like when there's a guy like Joe Mixon or anybody else that people assume nobody will touch, the Bengals take him. Yep. Uh, all right. Payne and Pendergast with you on a uh, Thursday. We are live in Florida. Uh, shop us, John Deere, getting us down here for spring training. We'll be doing a Facebook Live tonight, 6 o'clock, on the Sports Radio 610 Facebook page. So it'll be me, Seth, and Adam Spillane. We'll be chopping it up about everything that we've seen down here in Florida all week long. So a good synopsis. Uh, we are your eyes and ears down here in Florida for your Astros coverage. So that'll be tonight. We're giving away Cody Johnson tickets a little later on this hour as well, between now and the end of the show. So be listening for that. A four-pack of Cody Johnson tickets to the March 17th show at the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo. Uh, D'Amico Ryans yesterday on Texans All Access revealed that the Texans will be doing something. They're bringing something back that they haven't done in years and years, and I love this. We will tell you what it is next. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, Payne and Pendergast, we're live in uh, Florida at spring training. Thanks to Shoppers John Deere for bringing us down here. We've got uh, one game left today and then one more show tomorrow, and then we're headed back. Facebook Live tonight at 6 o'clock on the Sports Radio 610 Facebook page. Um, D'Amico Ryans met with the media yesterday at the Combine. We'll get to some of the things he had to say about the quarterback position in just a minute. But he did a reveal on, the, uh, on Texans All Access with John Harris and Mark Vandermeer. Um, if you've been out of Texans training camp the last few years, you know that one of the things that's been missing is an opposing NFL team. Joint practices have not been a part of the Texans preseason uh, routine since before COVID. Um, Tamiko Ryans is bringing it back. He says uh, he loves joint practices. Oh, yeah, I'm all about joint practices. Okay. I think joint practices are awesome because you get a chance to go against different schemes. Mm-hmm. So for yeah, our yeah. defense, like our offense will go against us, and we're a four-down team primarily. Mm-hmm. Now our offense also needs to see looks versus a, a three-down team, right? So to pro- provide those different schemes, different personnel, like guys need to go against another team and join practices, yep. and it breaks the monotony of camp of just beating up against each other all the time. So, uh, yeah, that'll be fun. That That's fun just to – Get a feel for some of like how some of the rookies play. Usually, some of the rookies will come in, oh, yeah. and they, especially on the one-on-one pass rushes, the offensive line might you know start to look pretty good versus some of the Texans' defensive linemen, and then all of a sudden they go up against 
like a like a Nick Bosa type or something, right. and they get absolutely destroyed. Yes, and it's a nice it's a nice baptism for a lot of young guys. That's probably a big part of learning to play in the NFL is like getting your butt whipped by a genuine full grown man, and then you adjust and you get a lot better. Like that's when you get. That's when you make your most improvement of those times in your rookie year when you face really good players because like almost nobody is actually ready for that. No matter how good they eventually end up becoming, almost nobody has the technique to actually handle guys good, handle like the J.J. Watts of the world really well initially. Um, so the more opportunities guys have to see players like that, then that's, that's really good for your rookie That's got to be something when you're a young player and – you do your first joint practice and it's against like somebody you've been watching. Yeah, yeah. Like when Jake Matthews, who was a first round pick, yeah. but Jake Matthews, remember, remember uh, in hard knocks when it was the Falcons on hard knocks, but they came to NRG to practice yeah. with the Texans and he's going against JJ Watt. And they, he probably watched a ton of JJ Watt, you know, being from the Houston. Yeah. Area. Yeah. Uh, I would imagine that's something as a young I player. Yeah. I remember that McGlinchey kid from the 49ers yep. just getting tossed. It looked like Reggie. He was, he was a top 10 pick too. JJ looked like Reggie White in the Super Bowl. Yeah. When he was tossing for yeah, Max guys. Lane. Yeah. yeah. Um, it was, yeah. And he was, I think he ended up being a good player. He's a free agent right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're just, you're not, you're not ready for that yet. And uh, you get to see it then. Yeah, so that'll be that'll be fun. Hopefully, so it sounds like they'll be going against the team if D'Amico uh, has his way that runs a three-four. Yeah, well, that we were talking about that last night. Parker and I were like, okay, who are the teams we think it might be? Yeah, um, because it probably won't be San Francisco because they run all the same stuff. Yeah, the it's Texans not, not going to be the jet, the Jets. What about the Patriots? <laughs> um, could be the Patriots. Yeah, yeah. the Patriots do they they kind of do whatever and wherever and whenever. Um, but with Casario in the building, and they've practiced with the Texans before in yeah, the preseason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for there. sure. Yeah, it might be a Patriots again. Huh? Yeah. It's a, I, I feel like with D'Amico now, the fact that D'Amico got hired didn't really it, it didn't really calm down a lot of people that thought Casario was just trying to run in New England South. I feel like in these past couple appearances, it's changed a lot. People are starting to feel like, D'Amico, okay, this is actually going to be an actual partnership, not yeah. just like you know him being Casario's puppet or something. Yep. I don't is would there if they practice against the Patriots? Do you think some fans would start to feel nope. like oh no, there's too much Patriots influence? Nope. Okay. Nope. Nope. I don't. I don't because I think by that by that point we'll have seen several D'Amico Ryan's led practices, and this team will start to take on a little bit of an identity. It'll start to feel like D'Amico's show. Yeah. Uh, you know the, because there's actual football going on. So I, I don't. I I, I think. I think the overriding emotion above everything else, maybe even a quarterback, is that people are excited D'Amico Ryans is the head coach of this football team right yeah. now. I think that's the overriding thing with most people right now. If they were to run a if they run a, if they went against the Rams, that would make well, it would make sense for the Texans offense to go against the Rams defense. But then for the Texans defense They'd be going against something that's very similar to what they're facing in practice uh, every day. Similar, anyway. but as you've pointed out, they do it differently than you know. There's there's different variations that. Yeah. Offense. Theirs is a very pass heavy. Well, it, who knows what it is now? The Rams are such a janky version of what they used to <laughs> if be. If McVeigh decides to show up, <laughs> yeah, even. exactly. Like, oh, man, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I know he's I know he's all in for now. <laughs> for now, and, yeah. And their offensive coordinator is the guy that the Jets just ditched. It's cool. Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. Right. No kidding. All right. Um, it feels like they're just, I don't know, it's a weird feeling about It's a pretty big Rams tumble right for a team now. that was a Super Bowl champ yeah. like two years ago. Um, there, were, there were two things that D'Amico said yesterday about the quarterback position that were, that were interesting. One is something that, that you've pointed out 
couple times already, is that when uh, D'Amico had, and, and Nick had each been asked about the quarterback position over the last few weeks, they'd mentioned that they have a quarterback under contract without mentioning Davis Mills by name. So D'Amico had another opportunity at the Combine yesterday to mention Davis Mills by name. Here's what he had to say about the Texans' quarterback position. About quarterback. All right, quarterback, we have one quarterback on the roster. All right, so we have to add at that position, and we'll do it through free agency in the draft. We have to add two guys to our roster. So looking to find the best guys that we can add. Then there's a good group of quarterbacks in free agency and in the draft. Um. It's the third Hold time on. now. Did you notice the pause before we have a quarterback on the roster? Like I, Brian, like I T, like, Brian T. Smith took this and ran and made a whole column out of it. I, it okay, it's gotten a little strange yeah. that they haven't mentioned him, Davis Mills by name once. Yeah. And then I almost got, man, and then thanks a lot to Sean. I thought he said uh, deposition, not at that position. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, not another no. deposition. Yeah. Oh, man. We're still, Davis now? We're still oh. working that out of our system. We, we've got a deposition yeah. for the guy. Yeah. No, uh, so they have, one, they have one player at that position, a man who shall not be contract. named. He who shall not be named, yes. <laughs> yes. He's like one of the Game a, of Thrones assassins. He's a faceless a creature. Man with no man, That's no right, name. that's right. Okay, does Davis Mills... Does Davis Mills... Uh, not hear his name and get motivated? Is he like working out in Siberia right now, like with a picture of D'Amico on one side of the mirror and a picture of Casario last, on the other side of the mirror? Last I saw, he took this motivation and took it to get down on one knee and propose to his longtime girlfriend. That's yeah. what he's been doing lately. Can't blame him for that. Yeah. No, no. It's, she, she looks like a good catch. He's got that Stanford education to fall back on. That's yeah, I think he'll be okay. That's the problem with having an exit route. The little exit route's a little too tempting sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, I got a nice law practice and my wife waiting for me. No, you know? no, no, no. Yeah, what about your demons? Yeah. Don't you have any demons? Yeah. No, everything's pretty cool. Not really. Oh, man. Not really. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you have an irrational need to prove yourself hey, in the world wrong? How, we, how, weird, how weird is it that last year's captain is back on the team this year. With no name. With no, with, well, with no name. But like, is it, like, he was not only the quarterback last year, he was the captain of the team. Now he's still on the team, but there's no way he's the captain again, there's right? two guys on the team who are... And Brandon Cooks. Likely captainless, non-captains. Well, we'll see. It's pretty rare that a captain ends up a non-captain. Yeah, the Texans the might have two of them. <laughs> <laughs> what if Laramie goes off the grid? <laughs> they won't say Davis Mills' name. I know. It's so weird. I know. Now, okay, I've been thinking this through because it doesn't, it seems like they've either got to be planning on trading him yeah. or it's like some psycho head game. But like D'Amico doesn't seem like a psycho head game type no, of guy. No, at all, at all. Well, here, yeah. here's what he said when he was asked about his experience with Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. Yeah, in 2017, uh, and it was a, a rough year there. We started, I think, 0-9 that year. And you saw when we acquired Jimmy and towards the end of the year, you saw a quarterback came in, and we won five straight games to end the season because you know, we added a very talented guy at the quarterback position. So it just teaches you that when you do have a, a bona fide quarterback, it helps you win games, helps you be successful. Okay, I know what it is. Mention Jimmy by Look, name. You know the you know the thing about Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah. Nobody ever mistakenly adds an S or forgets the S on the end of his name. Whereas D'Amico is in that class of Houston Texans who um, remember when it was it was Owen Daniels, D'Amico Ryans, and Kevin Walter. 
and announcers would screw it up all the time. Yeah, yeah. They still do. You hear D'Amico Ryan all the time now. Yeah. I mess up and say it every now and then. Right. And D'Amico Ryan. So I feel like Davis Mills, who has been called not just Davis Mill, but like all kinds of weird people botch Davis. Like it's a pretty simple name all the time. Uh, I think maybe D'Amico's just trying not to. He's, he's keenly aware of the messing up of the S's, and he doesn't okay. want to mess it up. <laughs> so he's some, just saying the that's quarterback. That's some latitude right yeah. there. Okay. Just like I was convinced that Lovey Smith just didn't want to say Dare Agumboale's name. Right. That's why right. they weren't playing they him. Weren't playing <laughs> him. <laughs> they weren't playing him. That's why we're playing Rex Burkhead. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rex has an easy name to pronounce. I hope. Uh, <laughs> Quite honest. Is Rex, is Rex Burkhead easy to pronounce? The answer is yes. Yes, it is. Yes. Who's that guy? Who's that's right. Guy? You guys know what I'm talking about. Burkhead yeah. and the other guy, you know. Can any of you pronounce Awumbaba? Say his name for me. It's so much fun to say. I hope he makes the team. You feel a sense of pride. Yeah, uh, yeah. you finally learned the it's name. like when I learned the lyrics to the fast part of uh, Blues Traveler's Hook. That's, uh, <laughs> suck it in, suck it in, suck it in. Yeah. I feel the same way about Awumbawale. Yeah, yeah. I know that Blues Traveler song. <laughs> All right, uh, final segment coming up. We'll talk to John Lopez, find out what he's got going on, uh, he and Landry have going on, on In the Loop. Um, up next, an NFL player who has recently just let go answers the critics who criticized his team for leaving his stuff in a garbage bag on his front stoop. Seth will describe the experience uh, of, that, a, that a football player a goes through on a stoop with something like this. As a toddler. Yeah. We'll talk about that next. That's what drives me. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, we'll talk to uh, John Lopez in just a few minutes and find out what they've got going on on In the Loop today. A lot of stuff, man. Combine, Astros. Uh, Adam Spillane sat down with Dana Brown, Astros GM. I'd imagine they'll have some of that on the show today. So been a good week. Good week. We're giving away Cody Johnson tickets in just a few minutes as well. So be listening for that four-pack of Cody Johnson tickets to the rodeo on March 17th. And again, Facebook Live tonight, Sports Radio 610 uh, Facebook page. Seth, myself, and Adam Spillane chopping it up about spring training. Thanks to Shoppers John Deere for bringing us down here. Um, Taylor Lewan. He is out of our lives currently as a member of the Tennessee Titans. Maybe he pops back up and resurfaces with another NFL team. Very solid left tackle for the Titans for many, many years. He was finally let go for salary cap purposes. He's a little much sometimes personality-wise. I've grown to like him more now than I used to. He's Yeah, well, he's probably settled down a little bit. But he's, uh, I never, like, I don't know, he's... He's a little extra. He, yeah. uh, he spit in TJ Watt's face, uh, stomped on his groin while he was down, and then tried to apologize, but did it publicly as part of a podcast invitation. So, I mean, there's there's some phony re- there's some phony to Taylor. Lewan's I respect game. the hustle. I uh, that was the worst. Uh, the most annoying thing that Taylor Lewan ever did was he became a really good offensive lineman because at enough. first he was over, he was. He was overrated his first few years in the league, and then he ended up getting really good. He became good. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Taylor Lewan was let go by the Titans. The Titans, I don't know if this is customary or not. Maybe you can tell me, Seth. But when you, when you get let go from a team, Taylor Lewan gets let go, and they put yeah. his, his, his uh, items that were in his locker, his possessions, in a couple of big garbage bags, and at his behest, left them on his front. Well, yeah, right, yeah. So he left them out. Did we get the audio? I no. have the audio of oh, Taylor okay. Lewan. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm um, just describing what right, the picture looks like. Right, right. So he's uh, so he tweeted out a picture of uh, the the Titans stuff 
the, t- the, the garbage bags on his porch. And he said, to thanks to the Titans for leaving my, my stuff for whatever, his locker room stuff. Uh, to which I guess a lot of people got upset about it on social media. As if the Titans disrespected yeah, him. Yeah, they disrespected him by yeah. putting him stuff, uh, his stuff in, in trash bags. So he sent out this message to all his fans. And with uh, Willow, Willow, say hi. My daddy's name? Oh, that's his kid. That's his daughter, yeah. Daddy's name is Taylor. The reason why I'm making this video right now is because is literally... Mommy? Is pe- mommy? No, it's not mommy, it's daddy. I'm making a video to the people on Twitter and social media, letting them know that everyone's overreacting for the trash bags that the Titans left on my front door. I asked them. I asked them to do it. Jeb Johnson, longtime cop, works for the Titans, called him. I said, hey, I need you to drop that stuff off at my house. There's stuff in it that I need. So please drop it off. So now he's dropped it off. I post it. Hey, thanks for doing it. Yeah, it's in trash bags. Who cares? What do we need? What does it need to be in like a, a horse-drawn chariot, a gold chariot that they ride up in and say, hey, thanks for the last nine years? Let's stop overreacting. The Titans have treated me amazing. Even when they cut me, it was an amazing deal. They let me choose when I was going to get cut. Rand's amazing. Braves is awesome. Let's not overreact, boys. Let's not overreact. It's all good. I love you. Big hugs, tiny kisses. Okay, so uh, a couple things about this. Say at the end, big hugs, tiny kisses. Yeah, must, you know, to his to his boys. You know, not not like a big Tom Brady kiss to his son. Okay, the way gotcha. he does it. Gotcha. Remember, I'm not making a weird joke there. That's Tom Brady. Like he kisses his son on the lips, like for a duration. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, it's it's too much. It's, it's too much. It's not, too long. You're not making things up. Yeah. Um. Okay. So a couple things. Yeah. One. Uh, like, uh, start treating your daughter with some respect. Like, do you think she's an idiot? She's saying, is that mommy? Like, are you talking to mommy? And he's saying, no, it's daddy. Like, his daughter is too stupid to know that he's... <laughs> that it's him talking on the phone. I feel like All there's right? a, like a 70% chance I would do that. <laughs> to um, uh, this, uh, this cop that works for the team that yeah. he professes to... Uh, to respect so much. Uh, notice that he started off saying that he called the cop up and said, I need my stuff. Uh, and, then, and then he was, uh, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you, if you bring it over. Yeah. I'm not so sure. After I heard it, I, I, now that I've heard it the second time, I, uh, I think maybe the cop did mean something by that. If Taylor called him up and said, hey, I need my stuff, then, uh, then maybe he did just say, like, yeah, here you go. I'm going to throw it in your lunch. Garbage as far as the garbage bags go, though, that's what you do during, uh, during the locker cleanout. They give you a garbage bag because usually you got a bunch of stuff in there. It's not like you have a, a Louis Vuitton valise that's big enough to carry shoulder pads and all that other stuff. It is the easiest way to carry a lot of yes, stuff. Yes, especially when you're just cleaning something out. They give you big, big, big uh, you know, contractor-grade garbage yeah. bags. These aren't the cheap bags. No. They're not going to tear. They're the nice ones. Yeah, they were nice garbage bags. One of them was clear. The other one was, uh, was probably for his private weird stuff. Um, was that. So, yeah. I think that... Uh, I, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, but maybe this cop was sending a message. You, you, had, a, you had a D'Amico Ryan story about this after you got cut. You, oh, looking yeah. at the notes. It yeah. says it reminds you of a D'Amico it was, Ryan. It was after I got cut by the Texans. Yeah. I was in Florida when they cut me, and I couldn't get to Houston for a couple weeks. So by the time I showed up, and it was like a couple weeks before free agency, you know, it wasn't like um, it wasn't right after the season or anything. So the guys were back for their OTAs, and it was kind of weird because you're showing up to a place that had 
you know, fired you. Yeah. A couple weeks later, I felt a little bit like, I, I, like am I the psychotic ex-employee? But I remember, um, so I, you know, I call ahead and be like, hey, am I? And they let you come in and get let in. Yeah. yeah. So I, I came to go get my garbage bags full of stuff. They don't do that in the real world. <laughs> and uh, what do they do? They don't let you come in and clean out your desk oh, after I you've know. been fired. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it was even funnier when I, when I walked into the weight room and said, I'm going to blow this whole place up. I bet it was hysterical. <laughs> um, but, uh, no, but on my way in, I saw D'Amico. He was yeah. on his way out. And he had, like, just won. I guess I can't remember when the timing of it was, but he won Defensive Rookie of the Year. And after his rookie year. And I had a nice conversation with him. It was really cool because it was kind of one of, it was one of those things where I was a little bit uncomfortable and nervous because of a place I'd been five years, and it was probably going to be my last, uh, you know, go around in the NFL. So I was feeling kind of emotional about it, but also awkward. And seeing D'Amico... And, like, he came up and was, like, excited to see me and talk to me and everything. It was really cool. It was, like, another instance of D'Amico, who's 10 years younger than me and just a rookie in the NFL, just had kind of a mature air about him in a way that I actually felt better walking into the place. 90% of other people would have made you feel awkward in some way. <laughs> yeah, like, without even trying to. Like, because it they would have like, felt awkward. Yeah, they would have been know? like, oh, what yeah, are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, That's yeah. an encouraging story about D'Amico of I'm a Texan fan. He makes everybody feel comfortable. And for anybody who's go- he's going to cut, yeah. it'll probably be a magnificent experience. <laughs> people, they'll, they'll, they'll be hey. telling their grandchildren about the day D'Amico Ryan's cut. We should have teased it. If you're on a reserve futures contract with the Texans, listen to the next segment. That's how we should have teased it. We're doing this segment again tomorrow. There'll be people coming out of the hard knocks after they get cut by D'Amico saying, I feel like I should give him severance pay. I feel like he should give it all to him. That's yeah. right. Uh, John Lopez is up in the studio. Hi, John. I sure am. How are you? By the way, is, is getting cut after 10 years in the NFL getting fired? Um, because you well, said I, mean, I got yeah, it's all, you said it's I basically always getting got, fired. Is it? I don't know. That's that's uh, you made me think about that one. You also made me think. Why? What's the why? What's the difference? After I mean, because it's not like it's not, it's not like you were on the practice squad and they and they fired you because you weren't good enough. I mean, you were in the league for ten years. Yeah, it was just time to move on. They just, not good they just helped you yeah. retire. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I still signed with the Jaguars after that. Well, that's true. So no, that's yeah. true. Uh, but all's good here, boys. We got uh, uh, all kinds of stuff it's, today. Kind of feels like uh, the first day back at school. In ninth grade, why? Because you're, we're going to have crushes for the next four days. Like, oh, look at him! Oh, look at him! Ooh, oh, look at yeah, him! <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's like <laughs> for sure. That, that's something that doesn't happen anymore in the social media age because you see them progress and develop and uh, blossom, if you will, uh, over the course of the summer. But back in the day, you get back to school the first day of school after the summer, you're like, wow, yeah, I like she her. changed. Yeah, you yeah. think about like so. This will be like hopefully a lot of people are hoping this is like when Bryce Young has his growth spurt. Yes. And all of a sudden, the yes. girls take note. <laughs> the story here is Bryce Young needs to blossom. Yeah, that'd be cool for Bryce Young. I remember when I first like uh, kind of like I was a little bit of a late bloomer, and then all of a sudden, like I just noticed after I'd started lifting weights and had a growth spurt, like. All these girls were like super nice to me. Yeah. Where they've been kind of uh, not as nice before. How many months did it take you to internalize what was actually going on? Oh, about like uh, uh, 37 seconds. Yes. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> Who's the nerd? Who's the nerd? Oh, that's the Seth. Oh, wow. He knew. Uh, all right, let's give away some Cody Johnson tickets real quick. We'll find out what you got going on on the show, John. But let's do that here. 713 572 4610. Caller number five, four pack of tickets to see Cody Johnson. At the Houston Livestock Show and Rodeo on March the 17th. That'll be a whole lot of fun. Caller number five. We're going to be doing it again. Brad Paisley tickets in the 1, 3, and 5 o'clock hours. Still a set of Cody Johnson tickets in the uh, 11. 
on In the Loop. So keep listening all day for your chance at rodeo tickets. John, what's happening on In the Loop today? Besides crushes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Adam Blaine had a one-on-one uh, interview with Dana Brown. We're going to hear that, so that's going to be uh, very interesting. B. Scott joins us, as he does on Thursdays, and there's going to be uh, – he gave us three re- – he's going to give us three reasons why size does not matter at all when it comes to Bryce okay. Young. And Landry came up with some context clues uh, about the philosophies uh, in the NRG building that might be different from each other, but that's a good thing. Yeah, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Multiple yeah. lines of thought are a good thing. Yes, John, yes. we appreciate it. My Have man. a great show. Thank you. And uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Yes, sir. Uh, John Lopez, Landry Locker, Figgy Fig, they are in the loop. You've got them coming up next. you got Seth and I tomorrow at 6 a.m. A reminder, Facebook Live oh, tonight, yeah. 6 p.m. tonight on our Facebook page, Sports Radio 610's Facebook page. So we look forward to that. Seth, antibodies to you. Antibodies and Facebooking to you. Thank you. We are done. We are out of time. We will see you all tomorrow at 6 a.m. In the Loop is up next. Have a great day, everybody. I love you. Big hugs, tiny kisses. Antibodies to you.